Open your Bibles with me, please, once again to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We've been talking all this month about the indescribable gift. And I believe this is our last day to talk about this, and I encourage you to be with us next week on New Year's Eve, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. I believe I've got a word from the Lord for us concerning 2024. And what I hear him saying to us and for this church is that 2024 will be a year like never before. And we'll dig into that together. But today, let's continue to focus on this indescribable gift we read about here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. He says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The Amplified Classic version of this, we'll put it on the screen for you, says, Now thanks be to God for his gift, precious beyond telling, his indescribable, inexpressible, free gift. This gift is so indescribable that words fail. Now we've been doing our best over the last several weeks to put words around a gift that cannot be described with words. This is why it takes a reborn spirit with the capacity to be filled with all the fullness of God because our own words fail to describe how indescribable, how precious beyond telling, how inexpressible, how wonderful this free gift really is. And we've spent the last several weeks talking about this indescribable gift. We talked about the indescribable gift of salvation. How do you describe so great a salvation? Well, we say, well, I'm saved. Are you saved? Yeah, I'm saved. And, and that's good. But man, what does it mean? We know about this much of what that really means. But we ought to be growing in our revelation of what it means to be saved. Saved from what, you should be asking. <laughs> saved from a lot, man. Saved from hell in eternity, glory to God. Saved from hell on earth. Saved from sickness. Saved from disease. Saved from depression and oppression. Saved out of darkness, glory to God. This is what we've been saved from. And that word saved in scripture means all that and more. It means to be made whole. That means nothing's missing because you're saved. You can live protected every day of your life because you are saved. What an indescribable gift. And Jesus said in John chapter three, you must be born again. This is, these are the words we use to define and describe what it means to be saved. You must be, he said. If he said you must be, that means there is no other option. There is no other way. You must be born again. He said you've been born naturally, but now you must be born again or born from above, or you could say born of the spirit. And when you are born again, born from above, God is no longer just God He's your father. He's your father. Somebody say, he's my father. That's my daddy. That's why we cry out, Abba, daddy, God, father. And when you're born of him, then his character, his DNA is on the inside of you. You've got overcoming DNA on the inside of you. You're more than a conqueror because you're born of above, born from above, born of God. You must be born again though. 
There's no, way to, no other way to overcome in this life. No other way to be victorious in this world over sin, sickness, death, hell, and the grave. You must be born again. You have to be. No other option. This gift of salvation is indescribable. How do we put words around it? We talked about the indescribable gift of heaven. Going back a few weeks ago, who was here that week? We talked about heaven and what a, what a, what a place heaven is. How do you describe a place? How do you describe a place you've never been? I've never been. I don't know if you've been, but I've never been. But I look to the word of God and I find out what makes heaven, heaven. And the number one thing that makes heaven, heaven is who's there. The life of God is there. The presence of God is there. And in heaven, the scripture tells us there is no more crying. There is no more mourning. There is no more dying. And it's indescribable to us because we've never lived in a place like that. This place we live in, everything is subject to that. Everything has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Everything is born and everything dies and everything that's alive is right now on its way out. So that's hard for us to comprehend what a place like that would be. But the scripture tells us heaven is real. Heaven is where you and I are headed because we are born again. And in that place, there is no more sorrow. There is no more crying. There is no more dying. Glory to God. How do you describe a place like that? It's indescribable. Precious beyond words. Words can't do it. We talked last week about the indescribable gift of eternal life. All these things we, we talk so casually about. Eternal life, being saved, heaven is my home. And that's fine and that's good, but we need a deeper understanding of what these things actually mean. Eternal life. Just the word eternal. Have you tried? Did you try this week like I told you to? Try to wrap your brain around the word eternal. And it's hard to do. It's hard to do. We have a hard time thinking beyond our lifespan or beyond the history books that go back maybe a few hundred or a few thousand years. I'm not talking about a few hundred years. I'm talking about going all the way back and then some and then some and then some. We're talking about a God who is from everlasting to everlasting. It's just hard to wrap your brain around it. Words fail. This is why the scripture says you give thanks well in an unknown tongue. Praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in another tongue is how you and I adequately put words around this indescribable gift. There was a young lady that came to the altar just after we dismissed service last week, said, I want to know more about the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, I need to be, I need to ask you about that. So I'm here to ask you about it. We prayed with her to be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in another tongue. Glory to God. This is how we give thanks well. All these gifts, just indescribable. And it would take way more than three or four Sundays. It would take more than three or four months, three or four years. It would take more than three or four lifetimes to talk about every indescribable gift that we see in the Word of God. I was thinking about it and it reminded me of my childhood at Christmas time going into our living room and our house was probably a lot like yours. We had a Christmas tree there in the living room and little by little throughout the month of December, a gift would start to show up under the tree. Now I know some families are different. Some, some families get the shopping done early and get the presents wrapped and they start showing up under the tree. Got anybody in here who's got a lot of wrapping to do like 
What time is it now? <laughs> yeah, we got a few. But tomorrow morning, right, there's going to be a truckload under there, maybe. And I remember as a kid, the, the presents would start to pile up under the tree. And I wasn't so interested in all the presents as I was in the ones that had my name on them. <laughs> and I was an only child for the first seven years of my life till my sister ruined, I mean, came along. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, seven, eight, 10 years old, there were some gifts under the tree that didn't just have my name on them anymore. So you'd have to go through there, right? And I'd have to look around. About the middle of December, getting closer to Christmas, I'm looking around, okay, this one says, Aubrey, who cares? This one says, Dad, who cares? That's got Mom's, who cares? Ah, Jeremy, right? And, and as a kid, you start keeping track. How many do I have under there? How many of them have my name on them? Because those are the ones I was interested in, the ones with my name on them, right? Anybody else? I got some kids in here this morning. Are you kids going to help me out today? Steven, are you interested in the gifts under the tree that have your name on them, buddy? Yeah. Now you got a bunch of brothers and sisters in that house. I, don't, I feel your pain, my friend. Looking for the one with your name on it, right? But you know, you go through the scriptures, one gift after another, after another, after another, this gift of salvation, this gift of righteousness, this gift of eternal life, this gift of heaven as your home, the gift of wisdom. The scripture talks to us about victory itself is a gift. Glory to God. Holiness is a gift. Healing is a gift. The Holy Spirit living on the inside of you is a gift. And all the gifts that come with him, the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and one right after another. It'd be like looking at this tree today with hundreds and hundreds of gifts piled up all around it so much where you couldn't even see the tree. That's how many good gifts have come from God and it's indescribable. And they're not little boxes. These gifts are huge, man. These gifts are massive. Now, here's the good news. You start digging around under that tree, guess what you're going to find, church? Every one of them got your name on it. Every single one of those gifts that you and I find in the scriptures have your name on it. And just like the gifts that you and I are going to unwrap over the next couple of days, they all have a little tag, right? And that tag says who it's from and who it's to. And the gifts of God are the same way. Every gift in scripture has a tag on it. You know what the tag says? From God to you. Now the gifts that God gives actually have a little something else on the tag. They say from God to you and they have your name on it, but it's also got this other little part in there, through Jesus. This is how we understand and recognize grace. Somebody say grace. What is grace? Grace, the word itself, literally means gift. And every gift of God's grace is available to you, and it's a gift from him to you that came through Jesus. Don't turn there. Just listen to this. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. How many spiritual blessings? Every one of them. Not one, not two, not a handful. Every one of them. 
every spiritual blessing, every gift in the heavenly places. And he gave every gift to you, but he gave them to you in Jesus. So it makes me think that just before Jesus came to this earth and wrapped around him human flesh, in my mind, he stood there on the balcony of heaven and he said, can I go now, Father? Can I go now? Can I go now? And he said, no, not yet. And he's still packing Jesus full. He's packing Jesus full of everything heaven has to offer. Everything that is in heaven, everything that is of heaven, the atmosphere of heaven itself, every spiritual blessing that you find in heaven. He's packing Jesus full of all of these things. Why didn't Jesus come sooner? It takes a long time to pack for a trip like that. He's packing Jesus full of every spiritual blessing. And as soon as Jesus is full of everything heaven has to offer, he says, now go. And every gift, every spiritual blessing has your name on it. Every one of them. And they are a gift from God to you through Jesus. That's how you know what grace is. Glory to God. Listen to this scripture from the book of Romans. He said this in Romans chapter eight, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Did you see that? With Jesus comes all things. So we've got this tree that's piled high with gift after gift, inexpressible, unspeakable, huge, massive gift after gift after gift. And they all come when you receive the gift of Jesus. Healing is not separate from Jesus. Your wisdom that you need in this life is not a different grace. It all came with Jesus. Victory to overcome in this life is not some other thing. It came with Jesus. It's like batteries included. You understand what I'm saying? Everything came with that gift. And if God was ever going to keep something from you, it would have been Jesus. The most valuable, the most precious thing he had. But instead of withholding him, he gave him. And with him, he freely gave you. And anytime you see that word gave or gift or given, you ought to thank grace. He graced you with all things everything you need. Have you heard that expression over these last few years? Oh, there's an app for that. Nobody said that a hundred years ago. They say it now, right? There's an app for that. Anything you want to do, need to do, need to know. Oh, there's an app for that. Well, I like to say it like this. There's a grace for that. There is a grace for that. No matter what it is you're facing, no matter what it is you've got to overcome, there's a grace for that. Oh, my marriage. Ah, there's a grace for that. Oh, my children. Yes, there's a grace for that. I need healing. There's a grace for that. I don't know what to do, Lord. There's a grace for that. Somebody say it. There's a grace for that. Let me, let me say that to you another way. There's a gift. There's a gift that is exactly what you need and is right on time. And there is nothing in this life, nothing in this spiritual life, nothing in this natural life that cannot be touched and affected by the grace of God. All you need is grace. All you need is that gift. Hallelujah. So the next question, I guess, is what? How do I get it? Well, let's look at the scripture we looked at. 
several times over this last month in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7 talks to us about our faith that is more precious than gold. He talks to us about Jesus and how we, verse 8, have, we haven't seen him, yet we love him. And that is faith. How can you love somebody you haven't seen? By faith. And that is, to me, the greatest expression of faith, to love him without having seen him. He said, though, you, though now you do not see him, yet believing. Believing what? This hit me last night in, in, in such a strong way as I was looking at this, these verses again. This whole passage that we're talking about here is the difference between what you've seen and what you haven't seen. And he says, you haven't seen Jesus, yet you love him, though now you do not see him, yet believing, now just fill in the blank right there, believing what? Believing you will see him. Believing that you will see him. You haven't yet, but you believe you will. Does anybody else in this church believe you're going to see Jesus? Oh, man. You talk about inexpressible. You talk about undescribable. When you and I set eyes on him, what are you going to say? What are you going to do? Oh yeah, everybody's got their list of questions, right? As soon as I get to heaven, I'm asking Jesus. Yeah, right. If you can remember all that when you get to heaven, I'd be very surprised. I'm gonna ask him this and I'm gonna ask him that. No, you're not. You know what you're gonna say? Can I have a hug? That's what you're gonna say. And everything you were so worried about and all those questions you had here and all the things you wondered, how could this be? And if God was love and if da, 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 all that's just going to be some distant thought you can't even bring up. You're just going to say, I love you so much. Can I have a hug? When you see him, the scripture says, when we see him, we will be like him. That's going to be the, the, perhaps one of the biggest things we try to wrap a natural mind around is you look at him and then you look at you and then you look back at him and it's like, it's the same. We're going to see him church. Do you believe that? We're going to see him. You don't see him now yet believing, believe in what? Believing that you will see him. You rejoice. Just believing that you're going to see Jesus is enough to rejoice. And you rejoice with a joy inexpressible, full of glory. Now watch this. Receiving the end of your faith, which is what? The salvation of your soul. Believing that you're going to see him. Receiving. Receiving the end of your faith. Other translations say the outcome of your faith. Here's what many people don't realize. Your faith is designed to produce something. Scripture says that your faith works. And how does it work? By love. Now that word works is the Greek word energeo. It's where we get the word energy. Faith has energy in it. Your faith and my faith were designed to produce something. It's designed to have an outcome to it. And people don't understand that. They throw this word faith around. 
And we got faith-based this and faith-based that, right? When the U.S. government starts using the word faith in connection with so many different things, you know they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> we got this faith-based program and this faith-based initiative and this faith-based thing. Nobody knows what that means. They, they think faith is belief in the unknown. It's not, it's not belief in the unknown. It's belief in the unseen. There's a difference. Belief in the unseen. We haven't seen him, but we love him. And he loves our faith. And your faith is designed to produce something. And this is why he said here, in your believing, you rejoice. And in your receiving, you rejoice. Now, any kid in here knows that when you come to the tree on Christmas morning, you don't just walk around the thing and think, oh, isn't that nice? Those look pretty. I wonder what's in there. And then walk away and leave them all still wrapped. Are you out of your mind? We don't leave these things still wrapped. We receive. It's receiving time, right? You dig in, you tear them open because they all got your name on them. You begin to receive. There is joy in our believing. There is joy in our receiving. How do we receive these things if they're unseen? Well, let me give you, give you just a scripture or two here. In Mark chapter 11, go there with me. I want you to notice this morning the connection between our believing and our receiving. You're looking for Mark 11. Let me read to you one more time. First Peter chapter one. He said, you don't see him, but you believe and you rejoice with joy inexpressible, full of glory and you receive. You believe and you receive. There is an inseparable connection between your believing and your receiving. You cannot receive anything from God apart from your believing. Not one of these gifts. You cannot receive the gift of salvation apart from believing in the Savior. There's no other way. You cannot receive the gift of eternal life apart from believing that Jesus came to give you that life. Your believing and your receiving are totally connected. You, won't, you can't receive anything in eternity without believing. You can't receive anything here and now on earth apart from believing. This is what he's asking for. Mark chapter 11. This is all so good, but just for time's sake, look at verse 24. Jesus is speaking and he said, Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray... Believe, believe that you do what? Receive them and you will have them. Listen to it again. I'm saying to you, Jesus said, whatever. That's a big category, whatever. Whatever things you ask when you pray. He's talking about the very moment that you pray. The very moment that you come to God. And you're asking. There are many people today that, I've heard it even recently, 
they would scoff at this. And the prayer's not just about getting God to do stuff for you. Prayer, prayer's not just about that. Well, listen, there's a lot of different kinds of prayer. There is prayer where you just fellowship and commune with the Father. There is prayer where you intercede on somebody else's behalf, where you're praying for them by the leading of the Spirit of God in you because for whatever reason, maybe God can't get through to them, but he can get to them if he can get through you. So that's a different kind of prayer. There's, like we've talked already this morning, praying in another tongue, praying in the Holy Spirit. You build yourself up on your most holy faith when you do that. But here Jesus is telling you there's another kind of prayer where you ask. People have tried to make you and I and others like us feel bad for asking. But really all we're doing when we're asking is acknowledging he's the source. He's the source. Which means when you say, God, you're the source, at the same time you're saying, I'm not the source. I'm coming to you. And he tells you, when you ask, when you pray, believe. Believe. The Amplified Classic says it like this. He said, this reason I'm telling you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. This is Jesus talking here. When you pray, believe. Believe that you receive. And Jesus said, you'll have it. It will be given. It will be granted. Check this out. It'll be graced to you if you believe. Now, a lot of people really struggle with that. And they think, well, I'll believe when I see it. Because seeing is believing, right? Not with God. He requires believing before seeing. And Jesus instructs us here, when you pray, the moment you pray, the moment you come to God in faith and you ask, you're asking for one of these gifts, right? I need this one, Lord. This one here that says wisdom on it. You said in your word that all I had to do was ask for it. And if I would ask in faith, you'd give it to me and you'd give it to me liberally. So Lord, I'm asking for this one. This wisdom one, and uh, <clears throat> it's got my name on it. So I'm gonna go ahead and ask you for that. Can I, I, I believe that I received that wisdom. And then you put confidence and trust that you've got it right now. Now it's simple, but it ain't easy. Because everything, every natural thing in this life, every natural circumstance, every natural and co uh, contradictory symptom is present to try to talk you out of what you said you believe. You said you believe you got wisdom. You dumber today than you were yesterday. You don't know what to do. You'll never know what to do. Your daddy didn't know what to do. Your daddy's daddy didn't know what to do. You come from a long line of dummies. You don't know nothing about nothing. And it's all trying to talk you out of what you said you already believed about the wisdom of God. No, I believe I have it. That gift is mine and I have it. Every symptom of sickness and disease is present to do one thing, talk you out of what you believe about the gift of healing. Jesus, you see this gift right here? This is a huge gift. This, this, this healing gift, this healing grace, I need this one, Jesus. 
I'm asking for this one. And I believe I receive this. Wait a second. Yeah, it's got my name on it, Jesus. This one's mine. I believe I receive it. And every symptom is going, you, you're not healed. You're worse today than you were yesterday. You're in more pain than you've ever been before in your life. That was the worst diagnosis you've ever gotten. What do you believe? What do you believe? If you want that gift, you want to tear into that gift, it will not come apart from you believing, putting confidence. In Jesus' own ministry, he was walking along one day and these two blind men heard that he was there. And you know what they did? They started shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And they got louder and they got louder and they got louder till they got to Jesus. And he asked him this question, which has always kind of made me laugh. What do you want me to do for you? What do we want you to do? We need some sight. <laughs> Lord, we need that, that we might have our sight. And Jesus said something to them that really should catch our attention. He said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this. What does that matter? Because so many people will tell you, listen, it's just the sovereignty of God. God heals who he wills to heal. Some he does, some he doesn't. And if that was true, that would have been a perfect place for Jesus to say, I will to heal you. I will to give you your sight. That would have been a perfect place to talk about the sovereignty of God and how these things belong to some and not to others. But instead he asked them a question and he said, do you believe? Evidently their healing was contingent upon their believing. Their receiving sight had everything to do with whether or not they believed. He, they believed he was willing, they believed he was able. Jesus is still asking, do you believe? Do you believe? This is what he's looking for. There was another man that came to Jesus and his son was very sick, having seizures. And this man came to Jesus and said, Jesus, if you can do anything, help us heal my son. And Jesus looked back at him and said, if I can, he said, if you can believe, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. The gift's here. It's ready for you to unwrap it, dig into it, receive it, but your receiving will not come separate from your believing. This is how we receive. All things are possible to him who believes. And I love what the man shouted, I believe, help my unbelief. That is perhaps one of the most honest prayers we find in all the scriptures. I believe, help my unbelief. And evidently, that was enough faith for Jesus to move through an open door. And his son was healed, his son was delivered. I believe. And if there's anything in me that doesn't believe, I'm asking you for help getting rid of that. Believing and receiving. Last scripture, go to Hebrews chapter 11. How do we receive these indescribable, inexpressible free gifts 
of his grace. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us. Verse one tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, if you skip down to verse six, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must what? He who comes to God must what? Believe. Now he gives you two things. Can you handle two things? I know you can. So many people, you hear him say this over and over. I just can't believe. I just can't believe. I don't see it, so I can't believe it. What they don't realize is that is the epitome of arrogance. That is the epitome of pride to say something couldn't be because you don't get it. <laughs> something couldn't possibly exist because I don't understand how it could. That's pretty arrogant, don't you think? God gives you two things that you must believe. Just like Jesus said, you must be born again. No other options. Same thing applies here. You must believe these things. And you can, because believing is a choice. So can you make the choice this morning to believe the two things? This is not a long laundry list of things you've got to believe. Two things. This is simple, right? Two things. He who comes to God must believe these two things. Number one, you must believe that he is. That means he is real. He exists. There is a God. He's requiring you to believe that. And that makes good sense, doesn't it? Doesn't do you much good to pray to God you don't believe in. So he says, believe that I am. Start with that. Believe that God is. And that little word speaks again to his eternal nature. He is because he was and always has been and always will be. Believe that about him. Well, I don't know if I can. Yeah, you can. You can. He put within you the ability to believe that. You can. How do I believe it? Watch, this is how you do it. I believe that. You make the choice. I believe that. And you don't listen to anything that's contradictory to it, no matter what it looks like, feels like, no matter what these natural senses are trying to convince you of, God said it in his word, I believe that. And what do you believe? He is. He is. And if you've been wrestling with that, stop. Just stop. Don't wrestle with it anymore. I believe God is. I believe he is. He requires me to believe that he is. So that's the first thing. Can we do that? Can we make that choice together this morning, church? I believe, say it, I believe, I believe. He, is. he is. Now, what else does he require you to believe? Man, he could have put anything right here. But listen to what he requires you to believe. You must believe that he is, and you must believe that he is a rewarder a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Two things. 
These are the two things he requires you to believe about him. You must believe he is, and you must believe he's a rewarder. Now that goes to his nature. That goes to his character. He's a rewarder. That means he's a giver. He's not a withholder. He's not a taker. He's a giver. Somebody say, he's a giver. And I believe that. Because a lot of people don't. A lot of people may acknowledge that he is, but they refuse to acknowledge he's a rewarder or that he's good because if he is, then this wouldn't have happened and I wouldn't have lost that one and this, this bad thing wouldn't have happened. They believe something else. But the two things he requires you to believe about him, and these are the foundations for every other belief that comes out of the word of God. Number one, he is, and number two, he's good. He's good. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, if you're seeking him, what would be a good reward? Let me say it to you like this. If you're seeking gold, what would be a great reward for your seeking? Gold, right? The treasure. If you're seeking God, what do you suppose he rewards you with? Himself. He said to Abraham, I am your reward. He is our reward. Do you believe these things about him? What we're celebrating today, right now, this is what makes us who we are. Because a lot of people scoff at this. Born of a virgin? Yeah, right. How could that be? I just don't see how that could be. Yeah, well, there's a lot you don't see. That's where faith comes in, where you don't see. But what we believe is that God so loved us that he gave us Jesus. And when he gave us Jesus, he packed Jesus full of every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And what we believe is that God is not withholding anything from us. Why do you believe that? He asked me to. He asked me to believe that about him. He asked me to believe that he's a rewarder. He asked me to believe that he has piled this tree high with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And these gifts are unspeakable. These gifts are indescribable. And everything I could need, everything I could want, everything I could desire, there's a gift and a grace for that. And I believe that. And I believe that I can have every one of these things. I believe I can receive every one of these things. Why? Because I have received the gift of Jesus. Amen. This is what we're celebrating. This is who we are. We're believers. So why don't you say it? I'm a believer. Say it again. I'm a believer. Now say this. I'm a receiver. That's what defines us. This is what makes us who we are. We believe he is, but we also believe he's a rewarder. He's a giver. I'm a receiver. Amen. Would you stand on your feet with me this morning? Glory to God. Do I have any believers in this house today? Do I have any receivers in this house today? Whatever you need in 2024 and beyond, you can have it. It's got your name on it. Glory to God. There is a gift. There is a grace for whatever it is you face. There is a, gra a grace for whatever it is you need. Whatever needs you have, there's a grace that'll meet that need. Well, how do I get it? I need that gift. Number one, it's got your name on it. 
Number two, you have to believe. When do you believe? You believe when you see it? Well, I'll believe in healing once he heals me. Hmm? I'll believe in prosperity once he pays the bill. I'll believe in peace once I've got some peace. I'll believe in joy once I'm full of joy. That's not how this works with him. That's not how this works with him. He requires believing before you see it. He requires believing when you pray. So make this a part of your prayer life in 2024. That when you come to him, just acknowledge, I believe you is. <laughs> God, I believe you is. I believe you was, I believe you is, I believe you always will be is, and that's what I believe. And I cannot be talked out of that. I don't care what they say. I don't care who scoffs. I don't care who mocks. I don't care. I believe, I believe, I believe. I believe you is. And I believe you is a rewarder. I apologize for the bad English, but you get the point. You are a rewarder. And I'm a seeker. And I'm seeking you, Lord Jesus. And I'm seeking every spiritual blessing that is in you. I desire it. I need it. You're my source of it. So I believe not only do you exist, but you exist in an effort to reward and to bless and to give. And I receive it. And make it a part of your prayer. Everything in 2024 that you're coming to him in need of or that you desire Say it, I believe it and I receive it. I believe it, I receive it. I'm confident I have it now. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I believe I receive my healing. I believe I receive my wisdom. I believe I receive my joy and I have it. Glory to God, I have it, I have it. Thank God I have it. This is how you pray the prayer of faith, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817-577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text LEGACY in any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the house of faith.